Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Pastor Caesar LaFleur. Thank you for making Illinois Family Spotlight a part of your day. We're coming to you from Grapevine, Texas, where we're attending the National Religious Broadcasters Conference. And we're blessed to be able to interact with some of the nation's greatest faith leaders, broadcasters, filmmakers, preachers. And I have a special friend, a special preacher friend with me today, a gentleman I've known for 30 years who is a strong advocate of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he is a message for America that is vitally important to be heard. His name is Pastor Stephen Broden. He is a pastor here in the Dallas area. And I'm just so happy to have you on to share a few minutes with our people back in Illinois. It's, about, it's good to be with you. Right, Thank amen. You. Pastor, tell us what's your church and who are you with? Give us well, your background. I planted a church uh, in Dallas in the uh, inner city of, of uh, South Dallas about 30 years ago. Mm. And uh, we're the Fair Park Bible Fellowship Church. Our ministry is to the poor. We like to see ourselves as a, a lighthouse in a very dark place, uh, providing a biblical alternative uh, to a community that, that desperately needs to hear the gospel message. Mm -hmm. And um, so our ministry takes on the form of preaching and teaching, counseling, and then providing clothing and a food store and a food pantry and an after-school program that we have for the kids. I'm also the executive director of the Content of Character series, which is an organization that was started for the purpose of ministering to black churches and pastors around the country, providing them with an alternative voice. Mm. Uh, there is a voice that's in our community that is primarily a leftist voice. Mm. It is the progressive movement, and they are there to organize through community organizers, our community to help them accomplish their agenda, which is to usurp our Constitution and our liberties and to negate the influence of the church across America. I, I really want to get into your work with uh, Content of Character Series and Salt and Light. And then you talked uh, at one of our meetings here at the conference about your specific focus in the black church and, and the impact that we're not seeing in our communities. But when I met you years ago, it was working on the pro-life issue. You know, we were working to stop abortion, and uh, I was following you all over the country and others, Dr. Johnny Hunter, Clenard Childress. How did you hear and receive the call to be an advocate for the unborn? Well, when I became a Christian, uh, it was through uh, observing Tim LaHaye, Jerry Falwell, mm. uh, and the moral majority. You right, remember I remember that. that. It was Absolutely. back in, uh, in the, uh, early, the late 70s and mm. early 80s. And part of their discussion and part of their answer to the cultural wars was to address this issue of abortion. Mm -hmm. And so I got immediately involved in the pro-life movement at that time. I had a radio program, mm -hmm. and uh, I began to talk about the impact of abortion on the black community. It really felt like I was a long ranger. No one was talking about it. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that Johnny Hunter was out there. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, LeVon Ewell was out there. Mm -hmm. Of course, I met them yeah. later on mm -hmm. in the 80s. But um, that's how I got involved. When I met Johnny Hunter and Yvonne Ewell, LeVon Ewell, mm -hmm. uh, I said to them, look, man, we need to pull together a coalition of African-American pro-lifers so that we know that we're fighting together. Mm -hmm and that we can 
put together a strategy that will communicate to the community what they need to know mm -hmm. about what abortion is doing to our numbers. And that was so valuable right. because when I had my spiritual awakening, and I say my calling to the pro-life movement was a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. You know, God actually opened my eyes uh, through a sermon uh, preached by Pastor R.D. Hinton mm -hmm. called Twin Signs of the Time. He had never identified himself as being a pro-lifer, but he used abortion to illustrate the violence when he says, as it was in the days of Noah, mm. it was a time of violence, apostasy, and he used the abortion issue to illustrate violence in our day and age. And I had a spiritual awakening, but I thought I was the only one on the south side of Chicago. I think I'm the only black pro-life preacher in the world until mm. I discovered and learn and Dr. Johnny Hunter and, and the National Black Pro-Life Union and other people like that. Mm -hmm. So what you guys did in pulling that group together, mm -hmm. man, it, had, it was phenomenal. Right. I, I approached Dr. Hunter. I said, look, you know, I thought I was the only one yeah, see? <laughs> in Dallas, Texas, going out to the abortuaries with my megaphone. And uh, and I was the only black person there. It was other whites that they were there standing mm. there. And most of those abortuaries were in our community. Right, exactly. And I was the only black out there with the megaphone. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so when I met Donnie Hunter, he introduced me to Alveda King. That's he right. He introduced yeah. me to a number of people. I said, look, man, we need to pull these groups together mm -hmm. and let us be on the same page with the same message going into the communities across the country, mm -hmm. and maybe we can stop this mm -hmm. bloodshed of children in now, our community. Did you accept your calling to the pro-life ministry before you founded your church or after? It was after. Okay. It was after. Mm -hmm. It was after. I, I planted my church. No, well, I was uh, involved in the pro-life movement first. Okay. And mm -hmm. then I planted my church in uh, 86, mm -hmm. 87. But in 1980, I started a radio program called Gospel Music of the 80s. Mm. And on it, we had took the platform of talking or speaking to the abortion issue. The gospel music of the 80s was right. the best music. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. That's a long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> right. So how did it affect your church? Mm -hmm. So you, you got a church, you're growing a church, mm -hmm. and now you're dealing with this very controversial issue. Mm -hmm. Now, I do know in Chicago, being involved in the church, a black church, when you identified as a pro-lifer, uh, some people regular, you know, conservative, white Republican, political, mm -hmm. and so it really wasn't received well. Even though we're trying to tell them, listen, we are the ones who are being affected by this. Right. And so you have a lot of people that resist the black pastors mm -hmm. who shun me, and I'm sure you had that same experience. Mm -hmm. But how did your pro-life stance? And I know you're one of the preachers who preached about it mm -hmm. uh, in the pulpit. Many pastors won't touch it, but I know you did. How did it impact your congregation? The beauty about planting a church is that you're the head of the church, mm -hmm. you, you birthed that church into existence, you disciple the people who are there, mm -hmm. and they're following your pastorate. Mm -hmm. And so I've never had any problems with right. any Excellent. of my people mm -hmm. on any of the issues that I bring because I spend time discipling. Them. Okay, excellent, right? right. Yeah. And so they develop a worldview, a Christian worldview, in the discipling process. So the growth and, of your church was right. true conversion growth, not just yes. transfer where people exactly. come. Right. Mm -hmm. right. And I can see where that could be a problem in an existing church mm -hmm. where there's already a, a structure there, already people who are attending and who perhaps been under the leadership of another pastor who didn't touch it. Mm -hmm. And here you come. That mm -hmm. can cause all kinds of problems. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have those problems okay. because right. I planted my church and I discipled my people. And they're still there, and they're still with me today. Well, Pastor, in my experience of you know, trying to go to so many pastors and churches with this message, because when I was awakened to it, I thought, man, everybody 
should embrace this. Everybody should see this. Mm -hmm. But I found out that what was needed was a spiritual awakening for them as well because the information in itself was not enough in order to be able to convince them to change. In a city like Chicago where you have all these political alliances mm -hmm. and these people are you know, caught up in, in growing their church so they can grow their power and their prestige, right. when you come with an issue as important as this, the way it was affecting our community, it wasn't received in the way I thought it should. Mm -hmm. So I got to a point where I was kind of frustrated and was going to give up on it, but God spoke to me and said what's necessary is a spiritual awakening. You cannot motivate people around something to which they have not been awakened. Should the pro-life movement today be more interested in, instead of just trying to change public policy, seeking spiritual awakening and revival as the key in order to be able to make a difference in our churches? Well, absolutely. We are engaged in a spiritual warfare. Yeah. And much of what we see in terms of the lethargy or indifference that is happening in our community is because there is a spiritual blindness. Satan has blinded us to the truth. Mm -hmm. And the only answer to the lies and the deception is to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be very bold about telling the truth. We need to confront the darkness with the truth and with the light of God's word and identify what the problem is. And the problem is that there is an unholy mixture mm. in the church. And we need to say that. Wow. That there is a darkness in our church that needs to be confronted by the light. Mm. And uh, it will take a boldness to do that. And it will take a revival. But revival will take place when we start boldly preaching and teaching the truth. Absolutely. Teaching the truth. You were talking to Pastor Stephen Roden. And you do this through your content of character series where you actually go into churches and you challenge well you inform and educate and inspire pastors right. to start dealing with the truth you spoke to our group and you said some things that were really remarkable about being taken captive mm -hmm. by philosophies mm -hmm. and and how we have a responsibility to protect ourselves is that what you deal with in content of character when oh, you go uh, in, absolutely did you talk about I, that i believe without a doubt that um, that the african-american community in america has been bamboozled, mm. deceived, and manipulated, and indoctrinated in an idea or philosophy that is antithetical to everything that is biblical. That is the progressive movement and Marxism or communism, socialism, has come into our community. And these are philosophies that have been created by men who hate God. Mm -hmm. You know, Karl Marx says, my goal in life is to dethrone God and to destroy capitalism. Could you say that again, please? Uh, Karl Marx, mm -hmm. who is the impetus behind the communist movement, the BLM, uh, Antifa, all of them. Are Which is growing in acceptance right? at America today. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Embraced openly yes. in America. Is a man who said, I, my goal in life is to dethrone God and to destroy capitalism. And here we are as a church embracing his ideas. How could that be? That is a reflection of the fact that many of us are not receiving the kind of biblical training and teaching, the doctrine of the faith, why we believe what we believe, not understanding the reality of a spiritual warfare that is raging around mm. us. Mm. And it is intensifying every day. And the people who have the truth are hiding in the churches or embracing the very doctrine that is attempting to destroy the church. My goodness. We're talking to Pastor Stephen Broden, and we're going to talk to him more about the content of character series on the other side of the break. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. Stay tuned.
Abortion's always been about population control. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. This summer, the U.S. Supreme Court could overturn Roe v. Wade in the case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Part of what the justices have to consider is a legal principle called stare decisis, which means respecting precedent. If the high court wants to respect Roe, it should take into account why Roe was decided the way it was in 1973. Since then, the pro-abortion movement has primarily insisted that abortion is a women's rights issue. But back in 73, many Americans, especially elites, believed the now-debunked theory that the world was headed for a catastrophic overpopulation. The Supreme Court justices themselves noted in the official majority opinion in Roe v. Wade that this concern motivated their decision to legalize abortion. So the justices should consider Roe's precedent in the Dobbs case, and that the precedent was a debunked theory. And that way, we'll see abortion for what it really is, an unconstitutional evil. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Welcome back to Illinois Family Spotlight. This is Pastor Cesar LaFleur, and we are coming to you from Grapevine, Texas, where we are uh, at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference here in Grapevine, and we're joined by Pastor Stephen Broden, and he, on the other side of the break, was talking about darkness coming into the church. How do you define darkness? Mm -hmm. Can critical race theory that's now being accepted, you know, be part of the darkness that's slipping into the church? Mm -hmm. Define that darkness and how did it come about? How did right. how did we let it capture us? Sure. sure, critical race theory is a part of that doctrine, mm -hmm. but uh, of the darkness that we see, but also we see the church is involved in same-sex marriage. They're marrying uh, same uh, gender couples. They're standing behind transgenderism mm -hmm. and supporting it or but, silent about it. But why, why are we doing that? Political the, correctness. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Political correctness is a doctrine that was created by Antonio Grimsey in the Frankfurt School of Germany in 1929. He and another a philosopher were looking at the problem with Marxism. Marxism is a system that is developed around the economy. It's mm -hmm. an economic system. Right. And uh, their premise is that if you can rally the proletariat, the poor, the poor, the working class, to fight against the bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie, mm -hmm. then you can change mm -hmm. the culture. And they uh, attempted to do that with the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917. Of course, they had success there. Their belief was that if we can make that happen in Russia, it will take over Western Europe. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen. And the reason why it didn't happen, based upon Antonio Grimsey, was because the institutions in the West, which were undergirded by Christianity, mm -hmm. was able to blunt the, the, the uh, revolution with the proletariat because they had hope. Mm. Mm -hmm. And hope, as you know it in scripture, is, is the future expectation of something good is going to happen. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. you don't bother with your circumstance. You work to try to make it better. Mm -hmm. But your hope is in the future mm -hmm. being with the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And so Antonio Grimsey said, if we're going to have any success in the West, we've got to change the way we're approaching it. It cannot be about the economics it has to be about the institutions. Mm -hmm. If we can infiltrate the institutions mm -hmm. and change the way people think, mm -hmm. and that means getting rid of Christianity, that's why we see that happening here in America. Antonio Grimsey's system is playing out right here in America because all of the institutions that influence us in America today are under the influence mm -hmm. 
of Marxists, mm. or communists, I should say. Every last one of them. There are seven that I have identified that influence us most. Corporations and businesses, mm -hmm. look at what they're doing. They're funding the takeover of America. Mm. Bill Gates, let's call some names. Bill Gates, George Soros, these are multi-billionaires. And they are feeding these organizations that are attempting to destroy our uh, economy and destroy our constitution. Mm -hmm. Businesses. Let me give you an example. If you remember um, the whole issue of transgender bathrooms. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, North Carolina. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the state legislator said that we're not going to have that here. Then all the businesses around the court, uh, around the nation said, if you do that, we're going to boycott. Including the NFL. Right, including mm -hmm. the NFL, mm -hmm. all of them. We're going to boycott you mm -hmm. and pull our businesses out. Mm -hmm. What happened? The legislators capitulated. Mm -hmm. And look, and they capitulated to that which is immoral. Mm. Isn't that kind of like the cultural imperialism that's right. going on around the world? Absolutely. Don't we do that to third world nations who need our financial resources? We, we it, bully mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. with the money. And that's the corporations are doing. Mm -hmm. And you know what's happening in academia. Yes, they're indoctrinating our children. Uh, you're involved in an organization that's trying to exit kids out of the public school public school exit I, I don't call them public schools i call them uh, luciferian laboratories of indoctrination taking that one <laughs> that's that's what is happening to our kids wow my god and yeah. it's, and, it's uh, mm -hmm. and so we see that happening and then the arts they they're creating art that is blasphemous Absolutely. towards God. And the arts are creating a reality mm -hmm. that we're seeing played out. You know, we watch that even with advancement of LGB and homosexuality, of mm -hmm. uh, the, the arts who made it acceptable. I remember reading that they said that if you just can't throw this in Americans' face because they'll reject it, you gotta make them laugh at a person to become sympathetic to a person, and then it'll be easier to get them to start buying into that ideology. Right. Along comes Ellen DeGeneres, mm -hmm. and she made homosexuality funny right. and we liked her and before you knew it bam here we go i think there was a book titled after the ball mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in it it says that we must have every male that's that's represented on tv programs make us laugh and that the homosexual would be the one solid personality in the whole sitcom there you go mm -hmm. and so people begin to sympathize with that person begin to connect with that person mm -hmm and they change our values. Mm -hmm. That's infiltrating the institutions. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have business, academia, the arts, media. Mm -hmm. No question about the media is, is, is influencing us away from our Judeo-Christian principles. And then government. Government is the strongest instrument or the strongest institution, for it is the one that has the sword, the Bible says has the sword, to enforce what is right versus what is wrong. Mm and they're enforcing what is wrong. Mm -hmm. We have legislated same-sex marriage. It's been codified into the culture. It's, mm -hmm. it's codified. Mm -hmm. Sodomy is codified into the culture. It's legal mm -hmm. in America. And now they're doing it with pedophilia and they're doing it with transgenderism. We're being changed. In fact, I tell people when I go out to speak, we're not being changed, we, we have are, changed. We're changed, yes. We've right, changed. Yeah. And Christians are fighting for their rights to be Christians right now. And so you have the government. And finally, the last two that I see of the seven is the family and the church. The family, now we have single parent mothers. Mm -hmm. Then we have parents who have homosexual children who are sympathetic. Well, we got a 
support our kids. You love your kids, but you do not love their sin. Mm -hmm. But they want to love the sin as well. Mm -hmm. And then the church, the final institution, the one institution that has the greatest influence on us as a nation has flipped. Mm -hmm. And they are no longer influencing our nation right now. They have capitulated to political correctness, which is cultural Marxism as uh, Antonio Grimsey defines it. Wow, this is all very, very heavy. And uh, speaking of the arts again, I was just reminded of a thought that somebody wrote, I can't remember what it was, that if you allow me to write your songs, it won't matter who writes your laws because they recognize the impact that arts and culture and music and is what we make acceptable in mainstream right. is what's gonna program our children coming up. Now, you, you work with an organization. You are the, mm -hmm. the, the, the executive director, director of Content of Character Series. Mm -hmm. We have been looking at this issue for some time and we have concluded that the African-American community has been the instrument through which the left has been able to change the culture. Mm -hmm. They have co-opted our issues and begin to mouth them to us in a effort to get us to support them in their effort. Here's what Saul Alinsky says. We organize for one reason, mm -hmm. to get power. Mm -hmm. What do they want power for? To change the nation, mm -hmm. to change America. They can't do that outside of the seat of power, so they need power. And what they have convinced the black community to do and most of us have seen this, but we haven't been able to put our finger as to why they're doing this, is they've convinced us to vote for their candidates. They get into office, they change the policies. Mm. They begin to do the Hegelian dialectic. Mm -hmm. You have synthesis, antitheses, and then you have, uh, I said, uh, you have theses, mm -hmm. antitheses, and then you have synthesis. Synthesis mm -hmm. is a combination of the two. Right. And what you have is something different than what you started with. Mm -hmm. And so right now, in the House of Congress, the House of Representatives, the largest caucus is the Socialistic Caucus. How did they get there? We elected we them, elected we them. put them we, in there. Mm -hmm. The Congressional Black Caucus is a Socialistic Caucus. Mm -hmm. wow. How did they get there? We put them there, and they always win. They're there forever. Maxine Waters has been there forever. Mm -hmm. We keep reelecting her, right? And she's a socialist. Statement you made to us: You said that the people that were blamed for putting them in power, and you were just honest. You said the black community, the black voters, right. who you said on one side, you know, you have the conservatives, and on the other side, I mean, you have the liberals, and you got yeah. the libertarians. So there's this middle, this middle, this middle, and so you got to get the middle is us. Mm -hmm. I think it was Malcolm X says that you've been a chump. Yeah. So the Democrats have mm -hmm. come and they have organized you against your own interests. Mm -hmm. And you're voting for Democrats who don't like you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're putting them in office. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we've done. And we do it because the progressives or the, uh, the Marxists or the communists understand how to manipulate the proletariat Absolutely. to achieve their end, which mm -hmm. is to achieve power. Every seat of power in America is controlled right now mm -hmm. by the progressives. I want you to be able to give information to uh, people uh, how to contact content of character and, you know, how to invite them in. But I want to just address something very quickly with you. If you look at all of our cities that are in chaos, our major cities, Chicago, New Orleans, Detroit. Baltimore, Detroit, all of them 
have leadership that are black, female, liberal Democrat, one, one or the other when it comes down to that. So it's obviously not the personalities that make a difference, it's the policies. Liberal policies are destroying uh, communities, are destroying cities. Mm -hmm. However, we never get a chance to focus on them because we're already distracted by race. Are they using race to distract us from the failure of their policies and then using that to continue to get themselves elected when they never accomplish what we uh, voted for them to do, they keep promising the same things over and over again, but yet we still put them back in office because we let them convince us that the other people are racist. Mm -hmm. Is racism simply now a distraction from the failures? It's absolutely a distraction. It is an instrument in the hand of the progressives in order to uh, obtain and maintain power. It's a sensitive issue for us. Race mm -hmm. is a sensitive issue for us, uh, but uh, we need to address it head on and recognize that, that we have had a lot of successes in our nation as a result of the civil rights mm -hmm. movement and that we are on the other side of Jim Crowism. We are on the other side of the, the kind of blatant racism that impacted our grandparents. We won. Then, right? yeah. We won. Yes. However, mm -hmm. the, the left recognized in order for them to achieve their goal and their goal is to undermine our Constitution and to change us as a people, mm -hmm. is that they've got to keep us, who are emotional, mm. upset about something that we've already had victory on mm -hmm. and vote them into office. It is a distraction. Critical race theory is a distraction. Everybody's looking now at critical race theory, and the country's up in arms about it. But what's happening is that legislation by the Biden administration is slowly taking away our liberties and expanding the government into our lives in such a way that when we look up, our freedoms are going to be gone. Mm. But we've been fighting about CRT. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, CRT is nothing but a distraction. Mm -hmm. It's dividing us. It's deceiving us. It's creating chaos. Mm -hmm. And chaos is what the left wants. That's right. Mm -hmm. Keep you in confusion while they are manipulating their interests. What is their interest? They want to destroy America. Mm -hmm. They're moving us towards a one world government. You've heard it. Yes. It's called a global reset. Yes. We're headed towards a global reset. Well, who's saying that? The power elite. Mm -hmm. Who are they? They're the progressives. Mm -hmm. Who are progressives? Communists. Mm. We need to recognize that they're not hiding who they are now. They're, they're in the open. But we're distracted on race. Right. It's crazy. Absolutely. It's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. I, I just, before coming in to sit down and talk with you, the uh, Pentagon just sanctioned a drag queen show inside the military. My just God. sanctioned it. We're fighting over race, and they're pushing LGBT into the military. Into the military. They're taking over the military. Absolutely. Wow. You know, I read uh, somewhere long ago, they said you can't take liberty and freedom away from Americans because they'll fight you to keep them. You have to make them give them away. And I think that what we've been manipulated through fear and through other things mm -hmm. is we've been manipulated to giving away wow. our own liberties and freedom. Uh, I believe that safety is an idol. And I think that they say, hey, they create these chaos mm -hmm. and they make us afraid. And they say they're going to come in and be the ones to solve it. But you created it. Wow. And the end result is that every day we seem to be further and further away from part, our liberties and freedoms. Part, part of the darkness that we were talking about that's coming into the church is not necessarily from the socialists or the communists. Mm. 
It's from the capitalists. Mm. The capitalists have convinced us that the American dream mm -hmm. is what we should live for. Mm. And everybody's in hot pursuit of the American dream, including Christians, so we don't hear God anymore. Mm. We just use God to achieve our hedonistic desires there and our materialism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God is that genie in the bottle. So yes, it's bad on both sides. The Christian or our theology in a biblical worldview brings a balance. It brings into perspective what our priorities ought to be. Mm, yes. And that's the advancement of the kingdom of God. You don't advance it through, through the American dreams and you certainly don't advance it through Karl Marx Absolutely. and Antonio Grimsey. We advance it through scripture and theology. We're talking to Pastor Stephen Broden, and I've had the privilege of listening to this kind of teaching for years, but I want you all to have access to it. So your content of character series, how can people contact you? How can they find out more? How can pastors and pastors that are listening to this uh, invite the brothers in, invite them in. I know people uh, with your group, mm -hmm. wise people, men of God, strong men of faith that have something to share. Invite them in. How do, how do they contact uh, you? Go you go to Content of Character Series with an mm -hmm. S, Content of Character Series, one word, dot com. And that's our website. You can uh, find out how we do what we do. You can uh, invite us to come in and we'll come into your city. We'll have host pastors who will actually sit with us like a Billy Graham yes. uh, mm -hmm. team that comes in mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. and so we go in and we uh, market what we do and try to get as many of uh, God's people to uh, the forum and we do a all day teaching session. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll find it absolutely fascinating. It's informative, it, it brings three things to bear, information, education, and then activation. Amen. Information asks and answers the question, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Most of us are oblivious to the theology and to the philosophies that are driving the chaos in our community and in our country today. Mm -hmm. We need to address that. Education asks and answers the question, why is this happening? That's where we start looking at Antonio Grimsey. Mm -hmm. That's where we start looking at critical race theory and critical theory mm -hmm. and seeing what they are, uh, which are ideas straight from the pit mm -hmm. of hell. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to mm -hmm. say they are and how we need to identify them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is that it is a satanic attack mm -hmm. on the globe mm -hmm. in order to push us towards one world government. Absolutely. Philosophies don't come out of a vacuum. Right. You know, and then activation. Absolutely. Then activation. And give us the website once again. It's contentofcharacterseries.com. You've been with Pastor Stephen Broden. Thank you so much for making Illinois Family Spotlight a part of your day. This is Pastor Cecil LaFleur. Share this with some of your friends. This is vital information that we need to share. Thank you so much. Until the next time, God bless you. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.